Ahoy there, matey. Welcome aboard the world of boating. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. You're going to need a bigger boat. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. I was just looking in to buy a boat of my own. Call World of Boating toll-free now at 1-888-28-BOAT. That's 1-888-828-BOAT. And welcome. This is the World of Boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick, Barry the Boater, rounding out the crew a week delayed because of Hurricane Ian. Now, last week we had to uh, take a mulligan or, or a bye week or whatever you want to call it. First time in a long time uh, that we have not done our show on schedule. And I think it is the first time ever that I've had to delay a show or not do a show because of a weather incident. I don't know what you're talking about because Barry and I did a show just fine. We, we were just, we didn't know where you were. Okay. Yeah. Well, th- that was just one person less than what do we usually have on the world of boating because oh, that's why it was so perfect. Barry and Patrick just <laughs> talked amongst <laughs> themselves. Yes. <laughs> okay. Because I still had power, Greg. Yes. Well, at uh, world of boating headquarters, we did not. And uh, we went three days without power. I actually had a generator, and I had plenty of battery backup, but I could not get the shows to run because I did not have internet. And were you? The, were you and you need that to do our shows. We have to be able to link with our uh, satellite uplink folks and radio network folks, and we were not able to connect, and and therefore we were not able to do the show. Uh, and why we didn't have internet, I don't know. I had, like I said, I had power. I had a generator. I had battery backups. I could have, I ran everything in the studio with the exception of I couldn't connect it to anything because I didn't have any internet. But were so, you going through technology withdrawal? You know, do you start getting the shakes and sweats and stuff? No, actually, you know, yeah. uh, in a sense, uh, I really didn't do too bad overall because I did have a generator this time around. For the first time, I was able to fire up my generator that I got about four years ago. It is still, well, up until, you know, a week ago, it was still new in the box. So I caught it. You know, you bought a generator, let it sit in a box so you couldn't even. No, I bought it. It was brand new. I never got it out of the box. Well, because that, that's, that, that's how it works. You to. buy these things, and <laughs> no. then the storms never come. It's the no. law of, you know, that's yeah, physics. Right, but, it's science. But, but but items, things never fail right out of the box. Right? Never, that, never. That's what I'm trying to say is that not only did you not find out whether it would work or not, but the warranty was expired three years and six months ago. Right, but then it wouldn't have been new when I needed to use it. And oh. I really bought it as an insurance policy, and it worked for four years because I bought it, and I knew, you know, as soon as I buy this, we're never going to have a storm, and we have not until last week. Yeah, and that makes uh, perfect sense. So, I, you know, I finally got it out of the box. It fired right up. Everything was fine. You know, it was it worked just how it was supposed to. And so I honestly, uh, you know, I had my refrigerator going. I had my <laughs> microwave. I had uh, TV, uh, even Did because I had a, direct TV. Have I didn't have internet. And, and look at a, this. And I had a coffee maker working, and that was the <sighs> best Four hundred dollar cup of coffee I've ever had in my entire life. So, do you have a switchover panel in no, your garage? No, I didn't need one. I was this is a slightly smaller type of uh, 
generator that I was just using to, you know, Extension run the bear. Cords. Okay. Yeah. The bear yeah, necessities. And, and, yeah. and where did you and where did you place this generator? In his bedroom. Of course not. <laughs> no. Outside in front of the house uh, to annoy plan. the neighbors. <laughs> ah, there you go. Yeah, it was funny in our neighborhood, um uh, uh the the three neighbors who had been through the last storm like eighteen years ago, which was Hurricane Charlie in uh mm-hmm. Orlando. Uh, we were the first ones up with a generator going because <laughs> we knew the hell we went through last time. Yeah. and uh, But that was 18 years ago, you know, and, and then finally I picked up a generator four years ago, figuring like, look, my time's going to run out. And finally, after four years, it did. But, you know, they, it worked, you know, and we had uh, we had power. We got through, you know, power to fan. You know, just got got enough stuff powered. It wasn't a massive, massive generator, but it you know it it handle a few things at once. And most important was the coffee. And uh, the, the, you know, let's be honest. Yeah, the reason why I have a switchover panel is to make it easy on my wife. All okay. she has to do is plug the generator into the socket. Right. There are six six outlets. Six, not even outlets. They're switchover. Uh, switches yeah that are wired hardwired into the house yeah. turn on power to all the bedrooms and all the restrooms and the refrigerator right so all she has to do is turn on the generator plug it in when everything settles down you just flip all six switches mm-hmm. and the power is transferred you don't have to turn off your main power if your main power comes back on then you'll see it with other lights that aren't on right so, so you I have to have your simple. house wired up properly for that though no no yes this- you do I put that rumor out there, Barry. No, well, I mean, you have to either have an electrician or someone that has that knowledge. Yeah, you can't just... Greg could not do it himself. It took you three months to figure out your mixing panel at the studio. Yeah, but that's highly technical. Far be it for me to say, but I do believe Barry's got his place wired to where with a flip of the switch, he can override the national power grid. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. And and I do have a transformer in front of the house. Okay, Optimus Prime. Yeah, <laughs> no, Bumblebee. Right. <laughs> which one? Like Bumblebee. Bumblebee. Right. Which okay. which one's guarding your property there, Ben? Yeah. Hey, by the way, since yes. we're talking about this, uh, you're on the southeast coast. What'd you guys get? A little light rain, a little breeze action. Yeah. Uh, we got we got a couple of tornadoes. One landed near my office and took out power, but I wasn't there that day. One another one hit North Perry Airport, and people were amazed that airplanes could lift up in the air, flip over, and you know fall apart. Well, that's they what were, the wings are for to fly. Yeah, I, in I, the wind. I, I kind of figured so. that one out. <laughs> now, because you can't see this um, as you normally would if you're watching on YouTube or what have you, and you're welcome. Stu- the storm was so bad down in southeast Florida. The winds were so bad, it blew Barry's watch cap off of his head. Oh, that is a scary sight, what we're looking at today. Yeah, I actually have hair underneath this. Is that what well, that so, is? So, so you say. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, there's hair there. It's yeah. there. It's but, there. yeah, you guys were spared in uh, southeast Florida. Not southwest. Uh, yeah, southwest. Nope. We'll get to that in a bit. But, you know, it came up through Naples, Fort Myers area, you know, uh, what, yeah, Charlotte? Right where my family is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but then it came up and hit, hit us here in Orlando, where we're based out of uh, for World of Boating. So, it, uh, you know, this is the first time we've had to deal this deal with this kind of weather in literally 18 years since uh, Hurricane Charlie was the last one that kind of wreaked havoc with yeah, us Yeah, but you know what was weird about this one? It, with, the, with the way the storm was moving, I was expecting the winds to kind of come out of the south 
east or the uh, from the east more, and they whipped around and they were coming out of the north. Because well, it depends well, on where yeah, you were. Depends on it where the hurricane the, is. Uh, I, I understand, but throughout the course of the storm, the back of my house is what took a beating. Yeah. And that's that faces directly north. Well, was, here in Orlando, I will tell you the big difference from the last storm we had uh, 18 years ago was we had not nearly as much wind or damage from the wind, but the rain oh, yeah. and the flooding was unprecedented. It, it was this, nuts. This time. Yeah, 50, yeah. I mean, literally 15 minutes away from the studio here. Uh, we had cars underwater, apartment complexes underwater. I mean, it's, it's really kind of creepy when you saw some of the coverage and, and, and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I feel very lucky that we did as well as we did. Trust me on that. Well, one. you're we lucky because I've, I've seen your area. You're on a high area compared to some of them. There's a, a roadway that dips down pretty good. Well, I don't even think it was that. I mean, they, what they had was the retention ponds and the network of lakes and everything in central Florida just couldn't take uh, all the rain. We had like 18 inches of rain in 24 yeah, plus, hours. Plus all, plus all the rain previous where the ground was pretty well saturated yeah. already up here. And right behind where I live is the little Econ River. So, you know, there's no houses, no nothing's allowed to be built back there. It's all, all a yeah. sanctuary or a preserve. So it, it backed up all those retention ponds and the rivers and lakes and everything and just flooded areas that had never been flooded before. They're saying, uh, you know, this is a once in 500 year event in central Florida. Right side, maybe there's more places to go boating, or at least you have more options to use your boat if you had a boat. For a I, couple of days. They were definitely out there. All right, we're going to talk about this and more next on The World of Boating. Stay close. listening to the world of boating radio network posting a radio show about scuba diving and boating is one of the best gigs on the planet it's actually part of my job to check out and report on cool new products i personally use to enhance my diving and boating adventures however i do believe in sharing the joy and this is why we've added nanook protective hard cases to our list of products you can now purchase on the merchandise page at scuba radio.com nanook cases are designed to protect the most sensitive equipment in the harshest environments underwater photographers listen up from their high impact NK resin to their exclusive power claw latches, Nanook has raised the bar for those of you that demand the best protection for your gear. Plus, Nanook protective cases cost less than similar products currently on the market. The company has been around for over 15 years, but it's new to the U.S., so we've made a small number of Nanook cases available exclusively for you at a special introductory price on the merchandise page at scubaradio.com. Go there now and check out Nanook, the evolution of protection. explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. Even Keatley wasn't ready for me or anything that followed. Chased by a police department, led by his ex-girlfriend, and hunted by brain-fork-wielding Fijian assassins, it's everything he can do to keep from getting locked up, killed, or worse. Kava Screw is available as an ebook for $2.99 at Amazon.com. Kava Screw. Put a brain fork in him. 
He's done. successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating i do like the one the radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle the sun the sea air good friends brought to you by worldofboating.com your internet portal for the boating enthusiast do you realize there's a hurricane going on? i was born on that like this okay tell me what you're doing i'm getting drunk okay great bam this thing is like us from behind. You know, Matt, our, our truck operator, Tom Bear, said, don't you wish you had your weight back? Here I am. Oh. Rock you like a hurricane. You okay? Here I am. We're okay. We're okay. Rock you like a hurricane. Okay. Okay, we're coming inside. Here I am. Yeah, do yeah, that, That's a good huh? idea. This is the world of boating. Greg, your first mate, Captain Patrick Perry, the boater. Uh, who didn't really have to do much down there in South Florida, other than maybe dodge a, a tornado or two. But the hurricane didn't really affect him down in South Florida, uh, east side of the state so much. West side, totally different story. Yeah, uh, and uh, right up here through the middle where we are in Orlando, uh, we got it too on a you know in a different way. Uh, but you know we all made it through in our little uh, you know worlds. But uh, we we feel for the folks, especially down in South Florida, on the west side of the state, uh, Fort Myers, Port Charlotte. Oh, my gosh. Well, Port Port Charlotte was where my mom's house was when Charlie hit, and that was ground zero. Because I remember going down two days after. Um, Thank God I had a four-wheel drive, you know, pickup truck, and the police let me in because they had Edgewater Edgewater Drive completely shut down. But uh, this one with marco you know my dad lives on the water in marco and in the 24 plus years that he's been down there um he said this was the worst one and not because of the wind or anything like that but the storm surge was unprecedented Mm -hmm. in the quarter of a century that that he's lived on the island um his house when he had it built of course it's on an elevated site He's on the water uh, with a with a touch of a button. You know, all his he has got these metal shutters. Everything just closes up. I like, remember those the roll downs. No, 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 this is all automatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they they, yeah. they have motors and they roll down. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's, a, it's like, like Tony Stark type stuff here. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it closes up like a bank. He's got a, his generator mounted outside, which is about five feet off the ground. It oh, tests. Smart. It tests cycles every. I don't know three weeks or something like that, make sure everything stays up and running. But the storm surge, he came, the water came up so high, it was a foot from coming into the house. And again, he's on a, there's four five, not, not to mention just being on an elevated site. Then it's another four steps going up to his front entrance. It had to be, I mean, his dock was underwater. There were boats that were, completely lifted off the, the the boat lifts were as high as they could go boats were lifted off of that it was Ugly. unbelievable how yeah. high the water got and then to top it off eight o'clock that night was high tide oh, right so what, what was it like uh, 12 feet above 
Uh, normal. Well, how many feet was it? it was it was really uh, a he, lot. He, he he estimated nine to ten. Yeah, uh, yeah. The reports were nuts. And then you, I mean, but you just see the devastation. I mean, when it happens like that, there's only so much boating prep you can do for your vessel. But when something like that happens, you, you know, I don't know. Uh, you don't have much luck. I mean, sometimes yeah, you know, that's where the insurance comes into play. I guess. Well, it is, and. You know, throughout the uh, days uh, during the storm and afterwards, we were updating our Facebook page with some pictures and not to dwell on the devastation, but showing some of the boat boats, marinas, damages, things like that. And one of our listeners asked, how could that happen? You know, these boats get all piled up in one big jumbled mass where you're, you're doubling, tripling your lines, you're, 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 you're setting your fenders, you're, you're doing everything that you're supposed to do. How does this still happen? And it's what we had just mentioned, which is really storm surge. Mm-hmm. You know, even with the floating docks, that storm surge gets so high, it takes those floating docks over the top of the pilings, and then everything's just free-floating. And just getting jammed together, not to mention the 155 mile an hour winds that hit. Right. You know. Well, and that's the thing. When you get a direct hit by a a category four or five, uh, you know, all the prep you do can, some of it can be thrown out the window, literally, when it comes to a boat. You can, you can do a lot more with a home and a, and a property than you can with a boat in those type of winds. I think, uh, you know, you're, you know, like I said, that's where the insurance comes into play. Barry? Yeah, and and to that point, if you have one boat let loose and it's falling in or moving in towards the other boats, it's a domino effect. They just, one knocks into the next and they just tear each other up. Now, there was helicopters flying over Fort Myers showing the devastation there. And there was houses on on, um, piers, you know, mounted up on pilings. They were up high. Right. Stilt houses. And then there was one where you just saw the stilts. That's how powerful this thing was. It took the house off the stilts. Mm-hmm. Turned it into a boat or a houseboat. Yes. Least there for was a while. also a trailer uh, floating down one of these streets. It yeah. was a downtown like a Fort Myers, trailer. I believe. Yeah, I think yeah. you saw that on the news, just yeah. floating down. Yeah. Like I said, when you take a direct hit, hit like that, I, uh, there's only so much you can do. You know, when we're inland, uh, you know, Orlando's like 50, 70 miles from the coast, either way. Uh, you know, we're we're somewhat sheltered and we don't have a big, you know, scare when it comes to storms like this. And in this case, like I said, the wind was not that big of a deal for us in central Florida. But the rain that came down flooded everything out to a level we had never seen before. And depending on where you were in Orlando, pretty much determined how well you, uh, you know, did. It was just a matter of the drainage of your retention ponds and lakes and rivers, uh, you know, near your home and everything. So, you know, we haven't talked to uh, Mike the Mariner, uh, but I did hear that he uh, he fared okay uh, up in Sanford uh, with his vessel. Is that what you heard too, Patrick? It was, but uh, in the, the last exchange that you and Barry had, all I heard was free trailer. Mm, I, don't <laughs> think, I don't think that was him. I think it was someone else. <laughs> But, um, yeah, the word from Mike was he actually, he took some proactive measures. He moved his boat out from under the covered slip that he keeps it in, which was a smart move because the uh, wind wave action the uh, got so bad that it would have, he feels that it would have definitely come in contact with the underside of the well, He's probably uh, right with all enclosure. the water uh, that we had. I mean, I don't know what... Uh, 
you know, the lake there in Sanford did, but we'll have to ask him next time we get, uh, get a hold of him. Uh, he's still, yeah, he's him, just the, out the, playing today, taking a break, yeah. by the way. So he's, okay. he's fine. He's not, uh, you know, underwater or anything. But No, uh, he's cruising around on that uh, Craig Cat. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> could be. Scoping out some uh, inexpensive boats. Let me but it'll be interesting to know how high the, the lake and where he is and where he had his boat went up. You know, it'd be well, interesting it, to see if the roof stayed there. Be true, I, I believe the roof probably stayed there, but uh, for uh, Central Florida, in particular Sanford, the way that they measure how high uh, that lake gets, Lake Monroe, Lake George, all that, it was five alligators high. Ah, this alligators is the measuring device. Understood. It is. Yeah. What do you, What do you do? Okay, so you have a boat and it's been damaged. Yep. The insurance company, do they repair it? Or no, you repair they, it. Well, they reimburse you if you're lucky. And then, uh, or if, you know, you say, oh, I'm not going to repair it. I'll just sell it instead. Does this mean there's a bargain out there in the market? Maybe that you need to take advantage of it if you're looking for a boat? We'll talk about that on the World of Boating next. Stay close. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. Traffic sucks, unless you're scuba diving with Mike Scott. Mike glanced down at his dive computer. It showed less than 50 PSI left in his tank. Probably just a few more breaths. Or riding shotgun in a thrilling car chase. One bullet hit the Jeep's windshield, spiderwebbing the passenger side. Mike shifted into second gear and felt the Jeep leap forward. This just got serious. Escape your commute with audiobooks from author Eric Douglas. Download to your phone. Go to booksbyeric.com or audible.com. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the boating world? Well, look no further than the World of Boating Radio Show. Just like you, thousands of boating enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to worldofboating.com, send us an email, and let's get to work to make your marketing message matter. successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating i do like the one the radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle the sun the sea air good friends brought to you by worldofboating.com your internet portal for the boating enthusiast storm's getting worse we'll pass through it soon enough Barry the boat running out the crew, navigating the latest boating news and information. Actually, really just kind of digging out from under Hurricane Ian at the moment. Now, what does this mean if you weren't in Florida, uh, but you've been thinking about getting a boat? Does this mean there's going to be a glutton of used boats flooding the market, pun intended, uh, that you can take advantage of? I don't know, Patrick. What do you think? I don't know that there's going to be a glutton. Uh, There may be a glut. But um, to touch on something uh, where we had ended the last uh, segment is if your boat has been damaged, 
um, and is still floating. Uh, you should be making every attempt to minimize any further damage and document that for insurance purposes. Hopefully, hopefully you've got insurance on your vessel. If the vessel was on land uh, in a dry stack facility that may have been damaged, hopefully you've got insurance uh, that you haven't let lapse because those facilities, you're not going to be covered by, you're not going after them for damages to your boat if they got damaged on their property. Yeah, I will say, though, you know, we are under a federal and state emergency in Florida with the areas affected by the hurricane. And I do wonder, and we'll find out eventually, if any of that affects policies or damage to boats. No, it does not. Um, How do you know this? The only way that it would affect a boat is if it was your primary residence. Okay. Otherwise, it's a recreational uh, vehicle, and your, your insurance, again, that's where you have to have had, hopefully have maintained an adequate insurance uh, policy on your vessel. Replacement the, policy, right? Yeah, but I, I believe, though, that doesn't a boat, if it has a, a head on it, can be considered a second residence. Isn't that right, how it works that, in the that, tax that world? Is, that is incorrect. No, Barry okay. knows. He's an accountant. Not, Tell me, yeah, Barry. That, that's for tax purposes. That, but that's and not... That's for, that, yeah, okay, that has nothing stop, to do stop, with stop, it. Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> it's not if it has a head on board, Greg. It has to have a head with a holding tank. It needs to have a stove, and it needs to have shore power okay. to be considered a residence. Well, that, more, that is a lot of boats that got beaten that, to hell that by is, Hurricane but Ian. A, but as Barry said, that's so you can claim it as a second home right? Uh, for your tax purposes. The only way that I'm aware of where federal assistance may come into play is if the boat that you own and was damaged and or destroyed was your primary there residence. You, go. you got it. Okay. Okay. Right. Otherwise, it's just a recreational vessel. Yeah, it was vehicle. it's not just a recreational vessel uh to any boater that owns one. That's uh, you know, that's the re- so, you know, I don't know, maybe there's some way, some loophole you can take advantage there is, of. You there are give no it a go. loopholes. You have to take the emotion out of it at this point because again, people with their boats, um it is there's a lot of emotion that gets tied up into a boat. Sometimes it's very good emotion. Sometimes it's very bad. Right. Uh, but you have to take the emotion out of it, just like homeowners are doing in the state of Florida right now. And you have to just be very kind of cold, analytical, and attack the problem, which is what I was trying to get to, which is if your vessel is in the water and was damaged, you need to be making sure that you're taking every attempt to minimize any further further damage, damage, document what has occurred. If your boat was on land and was damaged in a facility, same thing, document. Hopefully you've got insurance on it. If it was at your home or in a storage yard on a trailer, same thing applies. So it's going to be a matter of if you've got insurance on it, contacting your insurance company. Don't wait for them to come out and start documenting damage. You need to go out. You need to do that first. Make sure you've got your documentation done. And then when they do eventually arrive, because you have to remember, they're going to be, again, no pun intended, Greg, swamped um, with um, insurance claims coming in. 
that they're going to, you're, you're just, you're going to have to wait, you know, for them to get to it. So you want to minimize any further damage that may occur if the boat got wet inside, if it's a cabin like Mike's boat, you know, an express cruiser or a cabin cruiser, start cleaning up that damage, just like you would be doing your home right now, because it's not going to get any better if you just let it sit. Barry, what say you? What hap- No, what happens now if they declare the boat is a total loss? What happens to the boat? Boat, here's what has happened, and we talked with the, about this with um, uh, Matt a while back, uh, Matthew Knowles, our uh, resident uh, marine surveyor. And the way boats are built, have been built, say, the last 10, 15 years, the way that they're constructed, a lot of times when they suffer structural damage due to an accident, due to a, a storm, a, uh, a force of nature like we've had, an act of God, um, the insurance company will deem them not to be repairable and will, just like with cars, more and more, it's like, nah, we're, we're, it's easier, it's better for us just to declare it a loss, pay you out, and have the car scrapped. Right. You know, oh, then or to try to repair it because it's going to cost us more to repair it than if we just pay you for the car. Well, it's like I taught my son, you know, we would find great used car parts at the used car lots. Those were all purchased as from scrapped uh, collision cars vehicle whatever, from scrapped yeah. cars. Mm-hmm. So do they have that for boats? They must. What happens is if a boat is deemed not to be repairable and gets scrapped, if you will. It can go to auction and can get sold for scrap only. It's not going to get sold with any type of a title to where the boat can be attempted to be repaired and then put back out on the market. Mm-hmm. So basically a salvage, just like with a car, a salvage title. The problem with the marine industry is they're not required via the title to note on there if the boat was a salvaged vessel. Um, it's a big problem that can come back to bite you in the industry uh, if you're in the market for a boat, if you're not careful and you don't do your homework. Well, especially so, right now, as I said at the beginning, you know, will there be a glutton of used boats flooding the market or scrapped boats uh, at the auction that people say, hey, I, I'll, I'll roll the dice and well, try to get something, uh, you know, cheap. Had, had this come up, quite a number of years ago um, with a person who bought a boat at an auction. It was one of the boats that my company manufactures and they came to the factory asking for help. They were actually outside with a sign, you know, like such and such company won't help us with our boat. And it's like, (laughs) Patrick, find, find out what's going on with this. Well, I go and find out that they're like the third owner of this boat. It was in a storm, had a hole bashed into the port side hull, the boat filled with water. The you, I, When I went to the boat, which was at their house, they had the engines and the outdrives out, stripped down in pieces on the garage floor. I go into the engine compartment, and there's a hard water line that is two and a half feet above the uh, side shelf floor. And I'm just like, you see this water line here? They said, yeah. I said, everything from there down needs to be replaced. That was not the answer they were hoping to get from you. N- no. Or the they, help they or assistance. To, they, they wanted us to fix their boat for free. That see? makes no sense. There's no Barry, warranty Barry, if you buy you a boat like no that. you have no idea, man. You well. have no idea. What hey, it never with- hurts to ask. 
You can look at it that way. Don't be that guy. But maybe we'll tell you some things to look out for if you're thinking you might be able to find a bargain on a boat here soon. Stay close to the world of boating. You're listening to the World of Boating Radio Network. Successfully navigated the sea of commerce and now are clear to cruise with the world of boating. I do like the one. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. The sun, the sea air, good friends. Brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. Don't you listen to the weather? We got a major storm here. The moon went high, This is the World of Boating. Gregor, first mate, Captain Patrick Ferry, the boater rounding up the crew. All right, so Hurricane Ian wreaked havoc on Florida. And uh, does it mean there could be some bargains out there for, you know, uh, people thinking that they could uh, score a bargain on a boat that got damaged during the storm? And, you know, maybe. No such thing. No such thing. No such thing. I, I don't Here, think that's true. I. Okay, well, I've been in the industry since I was 18, Greg, so well, no, who, are I'm just, who, are, who are you going to believe? I'm just saying, I mean, if you, if you are a fixer-upper kind of person and want to take on a project, there might be no. more of those type of things out there. Wrong. Wait, wait, wait. How about this? Are there, you know, I was talking about the uh, the junkyard lots for cars. Do they have something like that for boats where people can go there and get a steering wheel or, or a, a control center? A junkyard, or I think, is what they yeah, call junk- them. Well, a junkyard for boats. Do they have no. something like that? No. No, no one's ever done that. No, no surely be, be, they're out be, there somewhere, be, aren't there? No, because it is environmentally hazardous for you to have a junkyard like that, especially with fiberglass boats, with fuel tanks and things like that. It's not the same as an automotive junkyard. Wait, have you gone to an automotive junkyard? <laughs> yes, I have. And they are more and more being declared uh, EPA you know, super fun, you know, like the ground, the ground is contaminated. Right. But wait, hold on, hold up. There are definitely, uh, marinas that look like junkyards that have a bunch of damaged boats on them. All right. Listen to me. Okay. Okay. I want you to listen closely. Not, not you, Greg, (laughs) because it doesn't matter (laughs) True. for our listeners out there that may be saying, you know what? That Greg is a pretty smart guy. There probably are some deals out there. Here's what I would ask you to do. If you see a boat that's been listed and it, hopefully the owner is saying, hey, this boat was, you know, if you see the boats down in Southwest Florida, uh, the central uh, coast of, uh, West coast of Florida, maybe even central Florida, you know, over the next uh, six months to a year, year and a half, do your homework, look at the damage, Don't take anybody's word for it, but here's the main thing I want you to remember, and I want you to do. Based on the damage, hey, this boat's an easy fixer-upper. Call the boat manufacturer, give them the hull number of the vessel, and ask 
if parts are still available for that particular model, especially if they are parts that were made, manufactured by the boat manufacturer itself, such as swim platforms, fiberglass vent covers, uh, things of that nature, deck hatches, fiberglass parts. As far as, depending on the year of manufacture, ask for vendor information if you've got portholes that are damaged. If you've got a windshield that's damaged, you may be hard for you to believe, but a windshield that hasn't been made in 10 years, you're probably not going to be able to get it from the from the windshield manufacturer without some type of an exorbitant cost. So do your homework. Make some phone calls. Send, I get them all the time. Send some emails. Do your research before you make the jump. And if you suspect that there's been engine damage, so you go in the engine compartment and there's maybe a hard water line on the engine or on the sidewall of the hull or on the firewall and it's salty, call the engine manufacturer. Ask about availability of parts. Do your homework before you go and jump in. The easy things to replace, bilge pumps, blowers, things like that, dime a dozen. You can find them. It's going to be the engine parts. It's going to be the manufactured parts that are part of the vessel. It's going to be vendor parts, cleats, portholes, deck hatches, windshields, instrument clusters, shifters, shift cables, throttle cables, wiring harnesses. That's what's going to do you in. And two years from now, you're going to be like, I should never have bought this thing. Right. This sucks. Well, I and I, I totally was wrong. No, I totally agree <laughs> with you. But what I said at the beginning, if you have the tenacity to do that homework and want to take on that challenge and learn it, no, you're rolling the dice. You, you, you know, the uh, odds are definitely against you from making this into a really good deal. I mean, that just doesn't happen. You see the YouTube videos of people doing this all the time, but it's, uh, you know, uh, you're only seeing the best of the best of people that are able to make those things work. And unless you're one of those persons uh, that that are going to take this on as a pretty much a full-time job or, you know, turn it into like a YouTube project or something and try to be a YouTuber, maybe... You could, uh, you know, make it work for you because you get so many views, not necessarily because your boat would work well, but because you turned it into another <laughs> career uh, because a lot of even those guys that do that full time and a lot of times they they buy these fixer uppers and they don't uh, end up working out well for them. Uh, I'm talking to pr- primarily the guys out there because women tend to be a little more level headed and know not to jump into things like this. Practical. But talking talking to the guys out there that may be married or in a committed relationship, if you're looking at getting divorced, oh, okay. All right. If you're looking at the relate committed relationship you're in to break up, this go is your and ticket. Buy one of these okay. bargain boats, all right? Because it is going to happen. All right. Okay. Or head over to Barry's Boat Junkyard where you can get your spare porthole or bimini top for your boat. All right. Well, so you thought, uh, you know, a new boat was like pouring money into the ocean and just watching it uh, evaporate. In no, the new boats are great, Greg. We have no problems with new boats. Boat <laughs> but they still say that about those sometimes. <laughs> What's the two fav best days of your life? The day you buy a boat, the day you sell it, right? Okay. <laughs> But uh, but in this case, yeah, I, I think the overall consensus 
is that uh, even though it may seem like there could be some bargains out there, chances are they are not. And uh, that goes to, uh, specifically to Jerry the Diver Guy. He was the first one who texted me. He's like, hey, hey you know, I've been looking for a boat. Hey, my, my, this may be my ticket. Hey, look at the bright side. And I'm like, oh, brother, he's got some learning to do. He hadn't learned that yet. No. Yeah. So, yeah, that, so the advice well, is don't do it, but uh, even as tempting as it may be. Yeah. Jerry should stay where he's at because the way that global warming is going, the mountains of Tennessee will be waterfront in about seven years. Well, that's true. He's a certified scuba diver, so he'll, he'll be fine. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. But, I mean, as far as, uh, is there any bright side that we can come uh, come away with this storm from other than maybe it reinforces people's, you know, uh, you know the efforts to make sure they get properly insured or, or what? What do you think uh, there, Patrick? I, I take a couple things from this. One, uh, again, if you're looking at that bargain boat, uh, it goes without saying, don't take Greg's word for it. Don't take my word for it. Go and get a marine surveyor to do a proper survey on any of these vessels so you know exactly what it is that you are getting into and you don't wind up divorced or that committed relationship that you're in gets thrown to the uh, the junk heap. Now, you did other- say something very interesting that I want to get out there, too, uh, earlier. You're saying that if somebody was selling their boat, they don't have to divulge or, or edu- Absolutely tell not. people that it was in Hurricane Ian? Nope. Really? Wow. Correct. So that reiterates the reason to get that surveyor, because they'll be able to find it if it had been. And the bright side, which I got to look at the bright side, is uh, I would expect that with the number of vessels that are going to be deemed unrepairable, there's going to be a lot of money pouring into uh, new New boats. boats. I got this insurance check burning a hole in my pocket. I got to blow this money now. We got a new boat for you in about six months, if that. Yeah, well, that's a whole different issue. So... We'll have to let that lie for now till at least next week. So till then, remember, whether it's sail or motor, life is better as a motor. Safe boating, everyone. World of Boating is brought to you by worldofboating.com, your internet portal for the boating enthusiast. Any of this getting through to you, son? World of Boating is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. Computer standing by. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at (gasps) worldofboating.com. Computers can do that? So tell a friend and come aboard every week for the World of Boating. This is so great. I can't wait. I'm getting goosebumps. Feel me. Feel me. The radio show devoted exclusively to the boating lifestyle. TTFN, ta-ta for now. The opinions you just heard on the world of boating are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. What are you being such a weenie for? While on the water, your safety and the safety of many others depends on you. So boat smart and operate your vessel only after receiving the proper training and instruction for your area. There is a fine line between genius and madness. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at worldofboating.com.